A recent article from FoxBusiness.com states the following headline. Popeye seems silent on violence connected to chicken sandwich. This left us wondering, what is the true price of chicken? Welcome to the Black Equity Podcast. How do we even approach this topic? Popeyes is in the middle of a firestorm, yet they are receiving no backlash for this. Uh, As we look deeper into this story, I want to look at some of the headlines dealing with Popeyes in real time as we're recording this. Because I think it's important for us to understand the current climate that we're in as we study the economics and the equity involved here. The first headline that comes across our desk is from the New York Times, and it reads the following. It says that the Popeye sandwich strikes a chord for African-Americans. When you read the article written by John Elligan, he states the uh, following. The videos of mind-numbing fistfights and long lines, the celebratory memes and fawning reviews, The return of the Popeye's chicken sandwich on Sunday has met with the social media frenzy that first greeted it uh, this past summer. Reactions like that are no accident. Popeye's has aggressively marketed itself to African-Americans and many of its restaurants are in black communities. I repeat, reactions like this are no accident. Popeye's has aggressively marketed itself to African-Americans, and many of its restaurants are in black communities. The article then goes on to say the following. Black people were saying they liked the chicken not just for its taste, but also for the feelings of home cooking it evoked. It was the type of chicken they could take to a family potluck and not get a side eye. The article then continues saying the following. It can be easy to misfire with dishes that have deep traditions among African-Americans. I recall my wife's gagging as she described biting into macaroni and cheese made by a white co-worker and discovering that it contained corn. Then there was the moment in 2006 when Oprah Winfrey took on an on-air bite of a chicken and spinach dish made by a white woman 
who had won $1 million for its Pillsbury Bake Off. The article then continues down and says the heritage of Popeye's brand comes from Louisiana, where many cultures come together to produce a unique and beautiful culinary experience. This is written by Dory Alvarez, a company spokeswoman, via email. But black people were at the root of many Southern culinary traditions. Those traditions have traveled with African-American families who resettled through the country. Black hands were in that pot all the time and still are, said Omar Tate, the chef and founder of Honeysuckle, a pop-up dinner series in New York and Philadelphia that uses food to explore black identity. The article then goes on to say Popeye's would not provide information about its customer demographics, but overall, African-Americans, who are about 13% of the country's population, buy more fried chicken than their numbers would indicate. Nearly 30% of all fast food fried chicken and 15% of all breaded chicken sandwiches, according to the NPD Group, a market research firm. Black folks don't cook like that, she said. Our recipes are a little bit of this, a little bit of that. We season season it until it's right. That's what Popeye's tastes like. Mr. Tate, the chef, said it was difficult to liken Popeye's to true black cooking when he thinks of being authentic. He thinks of techniques of someone like Edna Lewis, pioneering black chef who fried meats in lard and seasoned the fryer with smoked pork. Smoked pork. Popeye's inroads with black Americans may be as much about marketing as anything else. The company has made appeals to African-Americans in its advertising, stoking criticism that it is pandering. When the chain introduced a fictitious black woman named Annie, the chicken queen, in its commercials about a decade ago, some people criticized it as racist. Miss Alvarez, the Popeye spokeswoman, declined to discuss the company's marketing. But those marketing decisions and the location of many Popeye's restaurants and black communities have given many African-Americans a sense of connection with the menu, said Psyche Williams-Forson, the chairwoman of American Studies of the University of Maryland College Park and the author of Building Houses Out of Chicken Legs. Black communities can say, this is our own and it tastes like our own, she said. You've got location. You've got taste. You've got texture and you've got a food that people enjoy. You have a perfect storm here. If Popeye's has impressed African-Americans over the sandwich, has also raised questions of corporate responsibility. There has been demands that the chain invest in black communities that have driven much of its success and calls for better treatment of low-wage workers who have toiled to meet the heavy demand for the sandwich. We own the fried chicken narrative, said Nicole Taylor, who is a black, uh, who is black and the executive food editor at the website Thrillist. Black people are turning into a political moment. As we take in this article, as that's happening, TMZ is saying the following. Popeye is not pulling chicken sandwich despite murder and mayhem. The grapevine. I wonder what Ja Rule thinks about Popeye's chicken sandwiches, said no one. Business Insider, Popeye's Chicken Sandwich Brings Violence to Workers. New York Post, Popeye's Chicken Sandwich Fan in L.A. Destroys Her Car While Cutting in Line. Fox News, Maryland Man, 28, Was Fatally Stabbed After Cutting Line at Popeye's for Chicken Sandwiches. USA Today, Noah, 
after Popeye's fight, maybe it is healthier to be vegan. CNBC, man killed at Maryland Popeye's and fight linked to popular chicken sandwich. This is all what's going on within the culture at this given time. And my question to you is, where is the black equity? To understand how we got here, we have to look back at when the first uh, chicken sandwich from Popeye's came out. Apex Marketing estimates that roughly $23 million in free advertising Popeye's earned wasn't just on social media, but it spanned the TV, radio, digital, and, and print media. All this was largely fueled by African-American social media influence. We gave serious social currency to the brand. 28% of users on Twitter are black, and we drive almost all trending conversations on the platform. This is an article from BET.com, written by Andrew Maskill. He goes on to say the following. For days, the sandwich war was trending at a higher rate than the rainforest fires in Brazil. Black Twitter has enormous power to inform and mobilize. For example, Black Twitter conversations is how we got body cameras on police, mainstream coverage on the Flint water crisis, the birth of the Me Too movement, the 2015 Oscar So White movement, yet we still haven't delved into the monetary value of our true social currency to brands. We not only create culture, but we make people, products, music, and TV shows incredibly popular and wildly profitable. Black dollars matter and have a power to move markets. So as I'm looking at this BT study, I'm looking at the Nielsen reports, I'm looking at everything. We should now see how powerful we really are. What Popeyes proves, what Black Panther proves, what anything in this culture proves is how powerful the black dollars are. Less than 24 hours from the time of this recording, Black Enterprise released an article about the senior vice president uh, from uh, Nielsen uh, that reads the following headline. This Nielsen senior vice president is making sure brands recognize the power of African-American consumers. It says here that she spent 15 years, Cheryl Grace spent 15 years with Nielsen, the company perhaps best known for TV ratings. But it and her do so much more. As a senior vice president of U.S. Strategic Alliances and Consumer Engagement, Grace is the creator of the Diverse Intelligence Series, the premier source of data about multicultural consumer markets. She recently sat down with Black Black Enterprise to give us exclusive insight about African-American consumers, and the latest report is in the bag, Black Consumers Path to Purchase. During this interview, she says the following, You know, we didn't talk about the Popeye's chicken sandwich campaign from a community perspective. That's an example of how when we get behind something, we put our power behind something. It's incredible. I just wish we would recognize it more often and use it for good. And so as I'm studying that, as I'm looking at what she's saying, and as I look at the reports um, from Nielsen, what is good? How could we use our power for good? What are some of those ideas? I want you to send me your ideas, but on this episode, 
I want to go over some of those ideas that we could be doing. And we're going to start implementing opportunities for everybody who listens to this podcast to do something else with their money. So what are those ideas and what do they look like? Let's dive in. What ways can our money be put to good? Well, first we have to know how much money is Popeye's getting from us, right? I mean, we have to understand that. What I want to know is, are there any black-owned fast food places? Let's just say we wanted to stay with fast food. I'm not saying we do. Let's just say we do. Are there any black-owned fast food chains in America? Are there any ones that are more than just a local spot? So let's look it up. Three famous uh, fast food chains you never would have guessed were black. Uh, the rapper Rick Ross is proud owner of Wingstop. He owns nine franchises. Now, do we want to consider that being black owned if it's a franchise that's owned? Because I'm sure there's probably Popeyes that are that are black owned if we look at it like that. Uh, Venus Williams, Jamba Juice. Not only is Venus Williams serving both on and off the court, Williams not only became the spokesperson for the popular. And see, I don't know if that's black owned. I think that is um, a black partnership. And then they, they cite McDonald's. So, you know, some of these articles out here are saying that the, you know, the black fast food joints, <laughs> they're naming white owned places. So you tell me is. Is that considered black owned when it's a franchise? And if you do believe that, why? You know, let me know. I don't see any, you know, fat uh, fat burger. They mentioned that, uh, but I know that's limited to certain areas. So, one thing I would say is perhaps if if we decided to stay in fast food, uh, perhaps somebody needs to be. Uh, owning their own um, chicken joint that's black-owned. There's too much money out here for us not to own that. So that's one way. Second way is something mentioned in one of the previous articles, you know, uh, looking at, you know, eating more healthy anyway and owning the health the health food space. That could be uh, a really great opportunity for our community. And putting those healthy options right next to those Popeyes and right in those areas. Now, a lot of times what Popeyes is able to do is target these areas. uh, And what they end up doing is picking uh, real estate that is on the low end. And they don't have to pay as much uh, in order to get the real estate. Perhaps we put our money together and own these commercial uh, lots. So we decide who's going to be in our neighborhood or not. So that's another way to use your money for good. There's so much spending power, we should really be paying attention to everybody that we give our money to. But that would mean that we are all on the same page. And right now, I can't guarantee that we really all are. Because right now, Popeye's is convenient for a lot of people. Popeye's, for many people, Popeye's is right up the corner. 
and they aren't going to uh, travel anywhere else to get their food when they can get it right then and there. And then also what these articles are saying is that Popeye's reminds them of home. It has a familiar taste, which is true. When I bit into that first uh, Popeye's chicken sandwich back over the summer. Now, mind you, when I ordered it, it wasn't like a big thing. I think the sandwich had came out on a Sunday or a Monday, and I ordered it through um, through da- uh, uh, Dash, um, whatever that, that app is called. Um, so, yeah, I ordered it through Postmates or or one of those services, and somebody delivered it to me. I had the sandwich, and I said, okay, this is really good. I mean, it was a really good sandwich, and that was it. The next day, <laughs> literally the next day, uh, it became an uh, epidemic, and it was all over the news. It was all over the place. And so I'm looking at this, and I'm trying to figure out, well, how do we put our money for good? Well, it doesn't just begin and end with chicken sandwiches. It begins and ends with everything. You could, instead of investing in Netflix, you could invest in a company like Quale TV. Instead of, you know, buying your toothpaste and your um, your deodorant and everything else that you're getting from, you know, white-owned institutions, you can go to Nubian Essentials. You can go to Netter Gold and get your items there. Instead of necessarily investing in Hulu or other streaming services, you could invest in uh, Dame Dash Studios. Instead of having um, Spotify, Apple Music, you can have Tidal. These are choices that you can make simply with just five minutes. You can quickly say, I'm done with this and I'm going over here. It could all be done in a matter of moments. And so imagine if the whole culture, even if it was just half the culture, said, you know what? We're going to shift this thing because we really decide what's popular and what's not popular. Really, there is no Twitter without us. There is no Instagram without us. We decide what's hot and we decide what's not. But on another level is what if we put our money together and began crowdfunding to own businesses? What if we put our money together to crowdfund to own real estate? Many people are already doing this. This isn't anything new. I'm not suggesting anything that is uh, groundbreaking. I'm simply asking the question. On average, this is how much Popeyes makes per year. It's important to know this because a huge part of, of their revenue comes from us as of as of December 2018, there was a total of 3,102 Popeyes restaurants operating worldwide. Its revenue in 2018 reached uh, $3.7 million. $3.7 million. And so what could we do? We could demand that if you want our services... If you do want us to continue shopping there, if you do want us to continue uh, patronizing your business, that a part of your revenues, a part of your cash flow, 
goes into to uh, black owned funds. See, what I'm concerned about is the trick that people do is, well, we'll just throw it into the colleges. I don't like that idea because here's my issue with throwing it into the colleges is not everybody goes to college. I say throw it into black ran funds, black owned funds that are investing in black owned companies that are investing in um, black communities. And so what I would what I would ask Popeyes to do and what we're officially asking Popeyes to do uh, with this episode. We're sending a message to Popeyes that if you want our services, you must meet our demands. And what I would encourage you to do is share this with your entire network and let everybody hear this episode. Because at the time that you hear it, we're putting together a plan as Black Equity Network to present to Popeyes and other restaurants that if they want our business, they're going to have to break off a piece of their revenue share to our communities because they've been targeting us for years. They've been profiting off of us for years. And it has to stop now. Now, my question is, are you with me? If you are with me, I want you to head over to Black Equity Network on Instagram. I want you to sign up to be an uh, insider. And then I also want you to uh, leave a message in our inbox and let us know how you would like to be a part of the solution of taking our dollars back and investing into our communities. What is the price of chicken? Our economic freedom, my friend. That's the price of a Popeye's chicken sandwich. Thank you for listening to the Black Equity Podcast. I am inviting you to join the exclusive Sip and Share Wine Club, which offers monthly and quarterly memberships available, deliveries of two, four, or six bottles of sweet, dry, or both wines right to your door at a 10% discount. Only 100 monthly members accept it. Begin enjoying all the privileges and benefits that go along with belonging to the club. There is no fee to join. You only pay the cost of your wine plus tax and shipping. Two wines is $38 plus tax and shipping. Four wines is $76 plus tax and shipping. And six wines is $114 plus taxes and shipping. Once again, join the Sip and Share Wine Club. This is your invite. Only 100 monthly members accepted.